Or when the Ruzza used to step up to the mic and do a track on a Wu-Tang Clan album. A lot of people didn't regard him as a very good rapper, but he made the beat, so they let him have his say. Oddly, or maybe not so oddly, come to think of it, when I was growing up, the Ruzza was always my favourite Wu-Tanger. Him and Ray Kwan. Ghostface took the backpacker route, but he's still pretty solid, even now. I never really liked Method Man so much, although I do think he's quite attractive. If you look at him closely, he's kind of pretty. And sometimes it's almost as if he's wearing makeup. I do think Raekwon the chef is an absolute beast though. He pretty much invented heavy inner rhymes. Before him, even on the first Wu-Tang album, when Raekwon isn't so much to the fore, you can kind of hear the change happening. 36 Chambers is not my favourite of their records for that reason. It's still all a bit jump up, like House of Pain. Whereas I'm more into really smoky, head-noddy rap, Prodigy of Mob Deep and Red Man, those kinds of people. It's on the second Wu-Tang album, Wu-Tang Forever, the double with the black cover, where that style really comes of age. They've gone in there and done it with all those mesmerising loops, and from that point on, you know the transitions happened. Going back a bit further in time, you had that kind of knuckle-dragging dance, I think Rakim probably defined the concept of the knuckle-dragging rhymesmith. That sounds a bit offensive, but I am talking about the dance. Before that, rap was more like party music. Then you had the knuckle-dragging rhymesmith era from Rakim to 36 Chambers, and after that it got really rhymey. I guess Nas's Illmatic was probably a big part of that process too. I've listened to a lot of those records again recently, and they're so lyrical in both senses. There are a lot of lyrics and the rhymes are dense with poetic allusion. I still love Illmatic, but Triumph on Wu-Tang Forever is one of the anthems of my life. In that respect, it's up there with Burning by Daft Punk. If you want to boil everything down to its essentials, then those two songs are pretty much it for me. They couldn't be more different, but they're both total class. One of them's just really funky, and the other, well, more about Daft Punk later. For the moment, it's enough to say that the highest aspiration my music has ever had is to be an honest response to the way those two records made me feel. The UK garage scene, which my first album, Original Pirate Material, grew out of, was a brief coming together of two different worlds. It was originally called Speed Garage when everyone in London first started to get into it, in 96-97. But gradually the speed dropped off. I think a few people flirted with the name The Sunday Scene as well, because so many of the early club nights used to be on Sundays. They couldn't get licences on Fridays or Saturdays because they were deemed to be too violent. To me, the exciting thing about Garage was that it was essentially a new kind of British rap. The only problem was that the actual rapping, at least at first, wasn't up to much. This was strange because, to my knowledge, pretty much every Garage MC thought of themselves as being a rapper. In their own minds, they were all really into Mob Deep, but the only way they got paid was to chat about going to the bar for a Zambuka. It was the same with drum and bass guys like Dynamite MC and MC Conrad, who used to work with LTJ Bookham. I remember someone telling me he'd heard one of these guys and he shall remain nameless so as not to defame his character, saying he couldn't actually stand drum and bass, but doing it was the only way he could make a living. Rap music was not seen as accessible because it was inherently American. It was what everyone really wanted to be doing, but there was no hope of breaking through and getting any attention once you'd admitted that. There was hope with Garage though, 
because people were having hit singles from really early on. The paradox was that if you were a garage MC, you had all the career possibilities, but none of the status. Garage MCing was not generally regarded as being very good. If you're a rapper, it's cool. You're a wordsmith, a rhyme artist, a yarn spinner. But if you're a garage MC, you're more like a holiday rep. At least that was the way it started, until the momentous Dizzy Rascal came along and actually was a rapper. Before that, your role as an MC was basically to help people enjoy themselves, and the general consensus on Garage was that it wasn't very important. Someone like the Artful Dodger might get a bit of respect from a production point of view, but everyone knew that the rhymes were fairly banal. I had a very clear idea of how to move this situation on. I knew that Garage MCs weren't Nas, and when I listen back to some of the early ones now, they're even worse than I remember them, compared to how good a lot of the grime MCs were just a couple of years later.